the most densely packed uh, section of theology that we have in the Bible. Paul is writing a letter to uh, people in a town that at that point he has not visited. You know, he's writing to a church or, or a group of churches in Rome that, that by and large he is unfamiliar with. And so he, he wants them to know just some of the, the basic foundational truths of, of Christianity. He wants them to know who God is. He wants them to know who, who we are. He wants them to know about you know, sin and fallenness and brokenness that they experience in their lives and in the world around them. He wants to know about the grace and forgiveness of God. And he, he wants them to, to have, as, as much as possible, a good foundation to, to build their faith on. And so Romans is, is, is an impressive letter when you read it. And it's, it's so hard to just read through the whole thing in one sitting because there's so much in there. And, and yet, there's a part that always seems kind of different from the rest. Different from the, okay, here's who God is and, and all this, this big important stuff. You get almost to the end, you know, to the, the last chapter as we've broken it up. And you get to chapter 16 and you, you see this in Romans 16, uh, 1 through 16. Uh, you can follow along in your Bible or you can, can read with us on the, the overhead. Here's what Paul writes. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a great help to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Apenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who've been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, and all the churches of Christ send greetings. <sighs> That does not fit with the rest of the book of Romans, right? It doesn't have any big theological point. He's writing a letter from prison at, at a time when, when paper is expensive, when, when, it's, when it's hard to sit down and to, to put these things in, into words and to send them out. And he takes this time to greet the people that he knows in Rome. Remember, this is a church he hasn't been to. It's in a place that, that he hasn't visited yet. He eventually goes to Rome, and that's another story for another day. But he knows some of the people there. Rome's an important city. It's the capital of the empire. And during the Roman Empire, the roads are good. So a lot of people travel, and he knows people who are a part of the church there now. And he wants to make sure, hey, if I'm sending a letter to Rome, I want to make sure that I connect with these people. Because these are important people in my life. It reminds me, honestly, when I was up here Friday practicing this, because those are hard names, 
I'm practicing it, I'm reading through it, and it reminds me of an acceptance speech that I saw someone give a few years ago. Uh, so if we can watch that. And the Oscar goes to... Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry so I'm gonna rush and say everybody and you cut away I won't be mad at you Tom said don't forget to thank your wife I will never forget to thank my high school sweetheart and the mother of my children Spencer and Mason I love you Sarah and my my parents who are here Shirley and Cuba's Cuba the first and uh, I, uh, God I love you hallelujah thank you father God for putting me through what you put me through but I'm here and I'm happy <laughs> Um, I just want to, oh, here we go, okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise, I love you, brother, I love you, man, Derek Crowe, Sean Settles, uh, Keith Butler, all my behind-the-scenes crew, Regina King, I love you, you did a great job when we made the movie, everybody involved with the movie, I love you, oh my goodness, here we are, I love you, I'm going to keep going, Harley Junior Agency, everybody. That's how you win an Oscar. That was 1997. He was the first person that won anything that night. He gets up on stage, and about 10 seconds in, they cut him off, and he doesn't have time, you know, in theory, he doesn't have time to thank everyone he wants to thank, to make that connection to everyone he wants to connect with, and he doesn't care. Because these people are so important to him in that moment that he has to get it out, right? He has to share that moment with them. Paul is writing a letter to the Romans, and it's easy to think about that as just a, a big, kind of faceless, nameless church, especially when he's never been there. And Paul refuses to do that. He gets to the end of his letter, and he says, there are some people I know in your midst that are important to me. And they're not just, just a, a faceless part of the crowd, they're not just a, a name. They have, they have a personality. They have a story. They are valuable because they have a shared history with me, a bond. He says, Apelles was tested and approved in Christ. He says, these are people who were in prison with me. These are people who are my relatives. My second mother is part of your church. You know, he could have just, just ended the letter, and most of the time that's what he does. He doesn't always write a list of people he knows there. In fact, there's only one other place where he, where he writes about people he knows, and he says like one or two people. Here he goes on and on and on for like 16 verses. I know this person in Rome, and I know this person in Rome. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you about, about Phoebe, who's bringing this letter to you. She's worthy of your help. Please help her because she helps everybody. Greet these people. They work hard. 
They work hard among you. Greet Mary. She's been praying for you. Greet this person. I love this person. And he's so excited about the people he knows there that he can't leave them out of the letter. When I have been talking to people in, in the past little bit, and it doesn't matter if it's people who have just been coming in recently in the last month or so, or people that have been here from the beginning, people say, you know, I, I look around church now, and I don't know a lot of you. You know, the, the first Sunday I, I got up here as a pastor, I said, you know, I, I, I don't know most of you. At that point, I, I barely knew anyone, except, you know, my family was sitting back there, and I knew them. And that's a problem, right? How do we, how do we be a people who actually value others as not just a, a face in the crowd? How do we value others as, as more than just, just people who fill up seats on Sunday morning? Right, because that's, that's what we default to. I mean, that's, that's the easier way. And yet everyone who comes up to me and says, there's a lot of people here I don't know. The implication, I mean, what they're getting at is that that's, that's something that, that breaks their heart a little bit. You know, I, I want to know these people. I want to know them not just as, as a face, but I want to know their name. I want to know them as a story. You know, I want to be able to say if I'm somewhere else and I'm writing a letter, hey, greet this person. You know what? Greet them. I love this person. Greet this person. They're, they're on fire, and it excites me. Greet, greet you know, the, the youth who are playing, and greet the college students who are waking up and, and showing up here at 8 a.m., because who does that when you're in college? You know, greet, greet the people who, who love the Cubs, because there are some of you out there, and I'm going to find you. You know, greet, greet the people who value the same things I value. Greet the people who have been encouraging. Greet the people who make good lemon pie. I, whatever it is, people have names. People have stories. You know, we're not just faces in a crowd. We're not just, just people who take up a seat. We go to a stadium, and there are tens of thousands of people there together, and you have this big shared experience, right? You all cheer at the same time, and you groan at the same time. And then after the home team wins, you all, you all get in your cars and you go home. But you don't know any of those people, right? That's not what church is supposed to be. You know, at, at its heart, that's not what we desire to be as living water. That, that's not what, what we desire to be. As, as a group of people, as the body of Christ, as the, the family of God. We want to be people who, who actually know one another. And I'll be honest, it's really easy for me to know people in a, in a group of 12 or 20. It's really hard to know people as, as there are more and more faces, more and more names. But every person here has a name. Every person here has a story. Every person here is, is valuable and worthwhile and worth honestly worth getting to know so how do we do that you know how do we how do we be people not just who say i want to know who else is here i want to know the people that i'm sitting by especially now when i'm sitting by complete you know strangers who might drink out of my coffee cup when it's on the floor i saw that happen <laughs> i'm not telling you who how do we know there are some ways we're going to do the questions in a little bit they're so good, they're ahead of me today. Or I'm just rambling now and they're trying to cut me off. That's why we do the walk around. You know, that, that's why we have that opportunity to, to, to get up and to reconnect with people that we haven't talked to in a while or to, to, to greet people that we don't, we don't know. And it's okay 
We've said it before, I'm, I'm going to say it again. It's okay if you go and shake someone's hand and you've met them before, but you forget their name. Just say, you know what, I, I don't remember your name. You know, could you, could you tell me again? Because so often we're afraid of saying that, and then we never learn who that person is, and then it's always, oh, there's that person, but I don't know who they are. I'm probably worse at that than everyone. Okay, you mostly all know my name. I don't know most of your names. I'm getting there. Please, it's okay to say, you know, I, I don't know you or we've met before and I, I can't remember that about you, but, but ask and, and just give them a little grace and that's okay. But that's why we do the walk around. We have a need and I, we have a need, I just found out about it this week. Uh, we have a need for people to help out with greeting in the morning. And it's not, you know, shake your hand, good morning, good morning, you know, and, and they all just kind of file on through. But people who come here at like 9.30, 9.40, stand in front of the door and actually take the time to get to know those who are coming in, especially, especially if they're people you don't already know. You know, to, to walk them around, to get to know a little bit of their story, to get to know their name, to, to value that. If that's something that, uh, that just really hits you, if you're someone who, who thinks, I, I want to be a part of that because I want to get to know others, uh, find Rhonda Notabom, get in touch with her. Uh, I think she has contact information in the worship folder. If she doesn't, she will next week because she puts it together. Um, we're having a potluck in a few weeks. There, we had lasagna last week. There's something about sitting down around a table with other people and, and just talking and eating together and sharing a meal where you, you feel like you know them better afterward. You know more about them. You know more about who they are. <coughs> um, I had a few others written down somewhere. Oh, yeah, we're going to do some games and talking and stuff because people connect during games and talking and stuff. Uh, and that's, that's where the questions come in. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, we're going to ask you to go just a, just a little bit out of your comfort zone, but we're going to uh, try and find ways intentionally to get to know other people. You know, it's, it's going to be about impossible for everyone to know everyone else, but as much as possible, we want those connections. It, it isn't okay it isn't okay for someone to come here and just be a face in the crowd. That, that all of you, you know, for someone, when they wrote a letter, they would, they would have your name in here. You know, greet this person because I, I know they prayed for me. Greet this person because all of you should have connections here. And my hope is that, that in mixing around and going and sitting somewhere else, you know, that it, that it begins that process a little bit. When I was doing youth ministry, we had a high school student who came up with the idea on his own, and it's brilliant. He decided for a week, maybe two, he was just going to sit at a different table every day at lunch. Boy, that's, you know, it doesn't sound like much, unless you're actually in high school or, or in college, and you kind of remember what a creature of habit you are, that you have your table, right? They don't do that at college in Northwestern and Dort. Do you have your tables there? Nothing. At the University of Iowa, people had their tables, and you kind of sat at that table with the same people all the time. You know, at, at my high school, you had your table, and everyone else had their table, and you don't jump tables. For a week, you know, maybe two, he went to a different table every day to get to know the people there, to actually stop and to, to talk to them, to start putting, you know, stories behind just the names and the faces. You know, what if, we, what if we take the opportunity to do that? Uh, so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to talk to some of the people around you.
and then we're going to play a game because games are fun and you know if you play games with people you get to know them so let's pray um, God we know uh, that with you every person has a name every person has a story every person has uh, has a personality every person is on a journey uh, Lord, we pray that as we seek to, uh, to follow you, uh, to be your presence in this world, to, uh, to welcome those who are coming in and also to, to care for those who, who are here, uh, we pray that you would help us uh, to value one another as, as people made in your image, as, as people whose, uh, whose stories and lives are just fascinating and, and wonderful. Lord, we pray for the time when we can uh, stop and get to know one another and to, and to continue to, to build those new relationships here and, and to, to live those out uh, throughout the week uh, so that we're people, when you, you see one another in the store, you stop and you talk. Uh, when you see somebody on the street, you, you smile and wave uh, so that we pray for one another, so that we share life with one another. Uh, Lord, we pray uh, that we could be more like you your name.